Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And it is the Robin Lundberg Show coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket can. What do you think you know about the NFL already? 855-212-4227. Talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. I don't, you know, I'm not ready to say anything definitive about Aaron Rodgers other than he was awful and week one, and that's a bad look after you said this was going to be your last dance. Uh, talked a little bit about the NFC East because Washington played the Giants on Thursday night. You know, I, my takeaway, both those teams stink. Uh, I also talked a little bit about Saquon Barkley. It wasn't his fault what happened, of course, Barkley, but um, I just think, you know, he's been sold as this transcendent talent, and the re- returns just don't show that. It's e- either a big run or it's nothing with him and I think the Eagles actually have a chance to win the NFC East um but my thing that I'm certain of other than like what's obvious that the Chiefs are good or the Buccaneers whatever right like I don't I don't want to be that obvious but I feel good about the Cardinals I felt good about the Cardinals going into this season and after week one obviously that was only bolstered I think the Cardinals are a contending Super Bowl kind of team you know they they make those moves on the defensive side of the ball you get Jones who comes in and I think he had five sacks last week to lead all players and Kyler Murray going into his third year or no longer going into his third year in his third year playing perhaps the best game of his career in week one four touchdowns yeah obviously he has DeAndre Hawkins to throw the ball to I feel like the the Arizona Cardinals are for real. And that was my most definitive takeaway, I believe, from week one of the NFL season. What do you got? 855-212-4227-855-212-4227. Let's go to Dan in Green Bay. Dan, you're up next here on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's up? How are you doing this morning? I'm well. How are you? Not too bad. So the thing I want to bring up, I'm going to take you back about three years. Okay. We were watching the Thursday night game in Seattle, and I watched my dad, who coached football for 20 years, said, that guy quit. He wants his coach fired. And then we watched the Arizona game and said, well, he's not checking out of any play. He wants his coach fired. Well, guess what? McCarthy got fired. Aaron Rodgers, his whole career has been about Aaron Rodgers. He's never sacrificed any salary like he says, to keep guys like Jordy 
and Randall Cobb around like a Tom Brady has. Aaron Rodgers is about Aaron Rodgers, and all he wants is his money and his glory, and he don't care about championships. That's my opinion. Uh, you, you know, it's hard to argue with the idea of Aaron Rodgers being about Aaron Rodgers. Look, we're all about ourselves to a certain extent. Uh, at the same time, Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers has done a, his fair share of winning in the league. He's performed. The Packers were on the cusp of going to the Super Bowl last year. So I don't want to go to extremes, but I, I will say I, I've always gotten the impression from Rodgers that he has perfected the art of it's everybody's fault but mine. Uh, even if he'll pay lip service to the other, just the the way he, he conducts himself, carries himself, uh, the, his body language, all that stuff, uh, he does give off that air of it's, it's everybody's fault but mine. Now, the, you can both care about yourself and your individual goals and winning. You know, those two things are not mutually exclusive. So I, I cannot believe that someone who has performed at the level that Aaron Rodgers has throughout his career doesn't care about winning or team success. I, I just can't go that far. Um, but I understand the critique in the sense of, yo, dude, you know, have some perspective, have some self-awareness um, as to why people feel the way that they, they do feel ab about you at this, this very moment in time. How about John in South Carolina? John, you're up next on the show. What's going on? Well, what's going on is Aaron Rodgers told the Packers something happened behind the doors we still don't know or he was had to be lied to or something. But he got so mad, he said, trade me. They were stupid and didn't trade him. And so he didn't want to kiss away all that money. He comes back, and he's going to play. And he's, it's like when Ben Simmons is trying to get traded and he's told the team, look, it ain't my problem. You, what my trade value is, that's your problem. Well, they should have traded him last year when he had big – he'll still have big trade value because everybody knows when he sucks, but it's a bad year it's because of why. But that's what's happening. He's just not giving up poop, and he told them, let me go, and they didn't, so that's what you get. You force someone to do something they don't want to do, you can't expect them, even for money, to give it the 1,000%. That's my thought on it. Well, look, I mean, part of the, the, the philosophy of not trading him is also, you know, it becomes easier for a number of reasons to trade him now uh, or after this season, you know, to go through that quote-unquote last dance as uh, they are. It does seem like, you know, the, the end of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers experience is looming, whether that is in the middle of this season whether that is at the end of this season and whether that results in Aaron Rodgers being traded to another team or just not playing in the NFL again. Um, it, it also, you know, I have to know what they think of Jordan Love. Without that context, without that knowledge, without that uh, piece of information, it's harder to make a, a, a swooping judgment, right, or a swooping um, takeaway. Because, you know, like, it, it, you can always say... Go ahead. They haven't done anything to replace or upgrade after Gordon Love. So they, Jordan Love. So they must still think he's got it, or they would have done something in the last three years, and they would have done something else with Aaron this summer. So I mean, this offseason with the trades. So they got to still like Love, and they should have just traded Rodgers. It was just that Dukakis guy or whatever his name is. Sorry. <laughs> well, the, the point is, when – it's easy to say get rid of the quarterback, right? The, the, the problem is who do you replace them with? And, you know, that's something like uh, Pittsburgh. Let me use them as an example because a, a lot of people have been saying that, and thanks for the call, about, like, Roethlisberger. Replace Roethlisberger. Okay, and then 
who's playing. You know, Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges. Uh, in Green Bay, at least they did use – I mean, for all the criticism they've taken, maybe it ultimately winds up looking really smart that they drafted Jordan Love. I just don't have an opinion on Jordan Love, like I said before, because I haven't seen Jordan Love. Who has seen Jordan Love? I feel like it's impossible for anyone to have an, an actual informed opinion who's not you know part of the scouting organization of the Green Bay Packers. So, I mean, it would make sense that they would go to Jordan Love. But that's, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Roy Sue tweets in, you're talking about a guy in Aaron Rodgers who's still holding a grudge against the 49ers for not picking him. Uh, this dude knows how to hold a grudge. Well, yeah, it, it seems uh, like that is, in, in, in fact, the, the case. Uh Expose 1983 says it's the Packers defense that's the problem for the last seven years and McCarthy's play calling. McCarthy's gone. You know, uh, we can't blame McCarthy anymore. And the Packers defense turned Tom Brady over three times, I believe. Sutherland Wallace tweets in, enjoy your show. Regarding Saquon, it's not his fault. He's exactly what he was at Penn State. I saw him a bunch in college. Somehow he got turbo hyped and I couldn't figure it out. Check out his PSU stats, high variance, even versus bad teams. Not surprised at all. Yeah, I, I've seen it. Uh, uh, you know, th- I had some people like um, pushing back on my Saquon take yesterday, and this is a pattern. It, it, you know, in fairness, he's coming off an ACL, but it's a pattern in his NFL career. It's a pattern that goes back to college. And, and in fact, I was surprised when I saw the college numbers because I would have expected someone with his talent would just dominate at college, especially that's why he got drafted where he did, right? But he had a, a lot of games in college where he was stuffed because he, if he doesn't hit a home run, he doesn't get on base. It's either everything or nothing. And then he won Offensive Rookie of the Year, so then people got really pumped up about him. Fair. That's a, a good point. But, and, then and if, had- but, then, but then, you know, the, then the next two years he was hurt. Like the next year after he won Rookie of the Year, he played in 13 games, and then last year he only appeared in two games. So he hasn't been able to stay on the field the past couple of years. Yeah, and, and and that sucks for anyone. Saquon seems like a good dude. Um, it just I've watched him enough where I, I, it stood out to me visually, right? Like it stood out to me anecdotally. Like I'm watching this. This has to be the case. And then the numbers back it up. Where I I, I just have never seen anybody stopped at the line of scrimmage or or um for no gain as much as he is. Jay Gelman tweets in, we peasants in the stands need to get vaxxed, but the privileged NBA players don't. You okay with this? Well, I, I don't know if that's – is that the case in every arena? I, 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 somebody brought this up with football earlier. Look, the NBA players, one of the stories of the NBA season, they're going to be – their arms are going to be twisted by the states. I mean, if they're not vaxxed and that's the requirement in the state, they're not going to be able to play in that game. So it is what it is for them too. You know, everybody's dealing with the same circumstances. And and the r- rules are, you know, like those sort of rules will apply to anybody. Yeah, that's why when Kyrie Irving, remember the, this week Kyrie Irving had that tweet that some people get upset about. He, he said, uh, what did he say? Take your mask off. Don't have any fear. And then like, like how could you say this, Kyrie? People get so mad about things online. It's, it's pretty ridiculous, like how um, angry people get. You know, I, 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 I'm a little tired of the daily controversies when you could just scroll past. It's just a tweet. But obviously, Kyrie was like semi-trolling and, and being fake deep because he clearly, to me, 
when I read it meant like the mask, you know, being your facade, the 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 presentation of you that is not authentic, and then you remove the mask, don't have fear to be yourself. So I I mean I agree with the message, be yourself. So in in that sense, I was with him. But you know, like obviously he must have understood when he's using masks, some people would feel the way they did. But regardless of all that, uh, Kyrie was sitting courtside at Staples Center with a mask and. You know, in order to sit courtside at Staples Center, I believe you have to be vaccinated. So I, it's one of the ways I w- uh, was deciphering. Or, you know, it doesn't seem to me that Kyrie's an anti-vaxxer um, or an anti-masker because he was in a venue that I believe required vaccination and uh, he had a mask on. <laughs> so, you know, I, I used my brain, the deductive reasoning. Let's go next to um, uh, Billy in Toronto. Billy, you're up on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's up? Yeah, hey, Robin. Yeah, listen, with, with uh, Aaron Rodgers, I just wish this guy would go away. I mean, my God, what, what do you want, Aaron? You were, if, 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 if it wasn't for a bad play by you late in the game, you had a chance of going to the Super Bowl last year. Stop your damn crying or just go away. I mean, he, I've had enough of this guy. And, Robin, I used to like this guy. Robin, what I take away from the football season is exactly what I, I think I kind of said last week to you was. I think there's going to be a new champ. Um, I'm not impressed by the teams that are supposed to be there again. I think too many times we go by last year's results, and I understand that. But I thought that Tampa Bay should have got beat. I thought Kansas City should have got beat. Buffalo did get beat. Don't be surprised, Robin, if there's a team out there. Maybe it's the Eagles. Maybe it's the Rams. Don't think that that Dallas Cowboy division is that bad because it was that bad last year. Philadelphia was supposed to be good last year. They were supposed to be. They had a bad year. That's the way it goes. I think that uh, we're going to be surprised at the end of the year that it's not going to be there, the, the teams there that we think are going to be there. And, and I hope that's the case. Even though I am a, a Brady honk, I, uh, I, I, I'd like to see um, uh, two new teams, and I think that's what's going to happen this year. That's it, Robin. Uh, I'm with you on the Eagles. I said that before. I, 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 if I were to pick it right now, I would pick the Eagles to win the NFC East. Uh, between the, the way they look team speed-wise, uh, the way Jalen Hurts looked, and the fact that they got a game in hand o- over the, the Dallas Cowboys. Mike in Minnesota. Mike, you're on the Robin, L- Robin Lundberg Show. That's my name. Uh, <laughs> you're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Mike? Hey, good morning. We, uh, I'm looking at Lamar Jackson, and I'm, I'm seeing a player that come across as a player. Is he still the guy we thought he was, or is he faltering because of the offense? The offensive scheme. I mean, we know he has the speed. He's got great arm strength. Seems like he has good pocket presence. Obviously, the Baltimore Ravens had trouble with uh, running backs, but their offensive line is no pushover either, top 10 almost. Um, is Lamar Jackson going to be the greatest you know, quarterback out there in the next five years or with that pressure of his legs and being able to do what he can do, or does he need a new offensive coach? What do you think about that? Lamar Jackson, I think um... – one, it's it's usually like there's a combination of things, right? I don't think it's a new offensive coach. I think, um, one, he needs to get better as a passer. He continue to make strides as a passer, and I think what limits Lamar is is in obvious passing situations, he's not at his best. That does not mean I don't think he can play quarterback. Don't don't take it to extremes. I, it just means he's got to get better at that, and he's gotten better as a passer as his career has developed. He needs to continue to get better as a passer, because right now I don't think he's quite good enough uh, with with that aspect of his game, as brilliant as he is um, being able to run the ball. Uh, 
and then I think Baltimore needs to get him a, a, a true number one wide receiver. I, I think that would help out a lot if he had a guy that he could throw the ball up to or, you know, a guy that, you know, you just trusted in every situation. And, and I think that would both help him confidence-wise. It w- would mask some of his weaknesses. And then as he continued to improve, would only help those improvements show up even more starkly. So I, I think it's a combination of, of Lamar Jackson not quite being good enough as a passer and Baltimore not doing enough to, to give him a true number one bona fide stud at the wide receiver position. 855-212-4227. Let's start to look ahead to week two in the NFL coming up as we are, you know, what day of the week? Yeah, it's Saturday, right? Which means week two is Sunday. Well, I guess week two already happened uh, if you count the Washington win over um, the the Giants. But that was that was the appetizer. That was a good game, I got to tell you. I mean, not two good teams, but it was a good game. Which is part of the appeal of the NFL, I guess, because you could put two um, subpar teams together, and not even the highest level of game, and it can still be highly entertaining. It's the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show. Talked a lot of NFL in the show thus far. Going to talk some more right now. Uh, joined by Cody Benjamin, CBS Sports. NFL writer and Cody let's start with a couple of topics uh, I've discussed throughout the show I just want to get your thoughts uh, on uh, a few of these uh, premises I suppose if you will Um, number one watching Washington and the Giants on Thursday night uh, the the second week in a row we've seen NFC East teams on on Thursday night obviously Dallas looks better with with Dak Prescott back but one thought I, I did have was hey I think the Eagles could kind of win that division. What do you make of that? Well, you know, first of all, thanks for having me on. I don't think it's a crazy thought at all. I mean, if you looked um, before the season at all these teams, you know, you could have justified all of them improving. I mean, it was going to be hard for all of them to be as bad as they were last year in that historic division, historically bad division. But um, when you looked at their week one performance, I think that, um, you know, it's tough because you have to take into account that the Eagles were playing the Falcons, who just looked absolutely, you know, lifeless in their home opener, but they were probably the most balanced team. I mean, they had the offense, they had the defense, and Jalen Hurts, I think, you know, the biggest question with him was, can he operate from the pocket? And he did that. And I think that Dallas still has concerns um, up front in terms of durability on their offensive line. They've got questions on defense. I don't think it's out of the question now. They have a brutal schedule, you know, coming up over the next half season, but so does Washington, and uh, so do the rest of the division division teams. Now, when it comes to the two teams on um, Thursday night, uh, I, I'm not sure what has happened to the Giants. They used to be a, a team that a, um, w- was a dependable franchise, and somewhere along the way they've lost their way. Uh, the quarterback situation there, where are you on Daniel Jones? Because he, he shows these glimpses, these flashes, you know, a pretty deep ball. He, he's legit fast, but then he's inconsistent with his accuracy and, and, and he makes a, a ton of mistakes uh, turnover-wise. Do you believe that, that – are you somebody that thinks he could be their quarterback long-term? I don't think he can be the quarterback for the Giants long-term. Now, I think this is a classic example of – you know, there's in the NFL, when you look at the quarterback landscape, you've got 
the top, you know, five to ten where, you know, you, you'd pay anything to have those guys because they're they're far and away just they're, – they're guys that can change the game regardless of the circumstances. And then you've got this huge, huge pool of quarterbacks that are – they're good. You, you'll pay them. They're passable. But you can interchange almost every one of this group of about, you know, 12 to 15 where, you know, they're, they're solid starters, but they, they need circumstances to some degree. And, and they need circumstances to go their way. And that's, that's true of every quarterback, but more so for some. And, I mean, Daniel Jones right now, I mean, we do a quarterback power rankings every week at CBS Sports. I think this past week he was at the very bottom. Now, against Washington, a defense that was supposedly, you know, coming into the year supposed to be very good, um, he looked, I think he actually looks like one of the, the giants, um, not their biggest problems. Um, he, like you said, he's, he's always had the legs. He's had the athleticism. He can throw it. He's just decision-making has been a problem. The biggest impediment I think to Daniel Jones becoming a long-term starter for the giants is the giants. I think it's whether it's the front office, the decisions they're making around them, the offensive line up front. Now, I certainly think Daniel Jones has had a big hand in him not becoming a franchise quarterback so far, but I don't see it happening in New York, uh, at least with the Giants. Um, I see it, you know, a situation uh, kind of like a Sam Darnold situation, a, a Mitchell Trubisky situation where his chance will be at as being a reclamation project somewhere else. Now, one other thing on the Giants, uh, just because I, um, it, uh, I got a lot of uh... – varying opinions on on this Saquon Barkley I don't believe he's the Giants problem obviously that their their problems go way beyond him but I, I also think he's way too inconsistent you know looking at the numbers and using my eye test it, it just feels like it's either a big run or nothing and, and the the lack of of you know chunk yardage or the lack of chain moving yardage it has to be a problem at some point, right? I mean, and and are we past um, dubbing him this transcendent kind of game-changing player at that position? Well, with each week, it sure seems like it's it's hard to do that. You know, I think that um, you know people are like this this year in fantasy football. You know, people are trying to figure out where do I draft Saquon Barkley because the the talk of his potential um, for several years now has probably outweighed the actual production. And that's not to say, you know, when Saquon Barkley is, is on his game, when he's ripping off those chunk plays, I mean, he looks like a freakish, you know, athlete. He is a freakish athlete. He, he does make stuff happen. It's just, yeah. I mean, I, I think again, this is, you know, kind of like the Daniel Jones situation, you know, Saquon's a whole different kind of player, whole different position, but I think it speaks more to, the Giants' decision-making, the, the pieces around him, the total philosophy of team building um, where it's a problem there. But in terms of just Saquon Barkley himself assessing that, yeah, I mean, you can find, um, I don't know, 25 running backs, and maybe not 25, 15 to 20 running backs who are probably going to give you a steadier um, workload or steadier production with the, with the kind of workload he's getting. Um, that's, you know, again, he's got top five playmaking ability but when you're working on the Giants offense um, with the, the play calling they have the structure that they have and then on top of that you know coming off the knee injury and you know even before the knee injury last year we saw that um, and it was a very limited sample size but the, the yards per carry just not there um, and so yeah it'll be curious to see you know where he ends up I mean it, honestly you know if you look a year down the road two years down the road 
where Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, all these key pieces of this Giants regime will be playing. Robin Lundberg talking to Cody Benjamin, CBS Sports NFL writer here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, one of the other things, you know, from week one, to me, uh, obviously, it, it wasn't like, a, you know, it's not like you have to search too far underneath the surface to come to this. But the Cardinals, very impressive. Chandler Jones, five sacks. Uh, Kyler Murray was brilliant offensively. Is that a, you know, a real bona fide contending team now? Uh, they've got the potential to be. I know that, uh, we're, you know, we're one game in, but I think that in the NFC West has, you know, all offseason after their, their big acquisitions around the, that division, um, you know, many people have pegged that as the toughest division, and, you know, all, all four being 1-0. I mean, you look at uh, the Seahawks have, have never had a losing season under Russell Wilson. Um, the uh, the Rams, you know, with Matthew Stafford, I mean, that debut couldn't have gone any better. They look explosive. The 49ers, you know, took their foot off the gas a little against the Lions, but, you know, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, you know, you like your, your prospects there. Uh, but, yeah, the Cardinals were always kind of the wild card. I mean, I think most people probably had them at fourth in the division, unless you weren't buying into the San Francisco rebound. Um, and yet, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, when, when he's on his game, that's a top-10 talent, too, a quarterback. I mean, last year and, and the year before, um, and mainly last year, you know, the problem with the Cardinals, a lot of people pointed at Cliff Kingsbury and said, you know, you're supposed to be kind of this offensive mind. Um, and too often it kind of was just Kyler Murray chucking it up to DeAndre Hopkins. And yet, you know, Kyler Murray, as long as he makes smarter decisions, you know, that's, that was the talking point coming into this year, as long as he and Cliff Kingsbury were making smarter decisions, um, that's a, you know, that's a winning duo there. I mean, Kyler Murray, uh, just with his legs alone, I mean, it's hard to say that anyone, you know, besides maybe Lamar Jackson um, is above him in terms of just, pure elusiveness out of the pocket and and he's got a, a rocket of an arm too so um the the big thing with the cardinals too is, is last year there wasn't a whole lot of defensive help and i don't know if you can count on five sacks from from chandler jones every week but if you're getting something on that side of the ball i think arizona's right there in the mix uh throughout the rest of the year yeah i don't know if anybody's a better runner at the quarterback position than lamar jackson but i think kyler murray is better at um using his legs to open up his arm, uh, you know, yeah. buying time to, to, to throw the ball downfield, you know, getting outside of the pocket. It's something, you know, you referenced uh, Jalen Hurts doing a, a little bit last week as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, talk of the offseason, talk a part of this show because of talk of week one because of what happened in week one. How much of that do you think is a one-week thing? How much of that is a, oh, you know, boy, we should have figured out that this might not go well considering – you know, how the offseason went. Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I think somebody would be lying if they told you that they, you know, foresaw it playing out this way. I mean, you could have seen, um, you know, the the Packers are a little rusty on their first couple drives. You know, they, they kind of, uh, you know, fall behind the Saints, you know, in the first half. I mean, I, I don't know that anyone um, foresaw, you know, Jameis Winston. And, and again, like the, the Saints' performance in week one, you know, I don't think anyone thinks that's – necessarily sustainable you know Jameis Winston throwing five touchdowns you know deep bomb after deep bomb you know barely you know he didn't even uh, throw that many passes all things considered and so um I, no I, I do think some of it does have to do with the offseason though I mean it, how can it not I think that um it, it couldn't have been a worse debut for Aaron Rodgers you know kind of going all off season and and he was justified in, in some of his points you know that that debate was beaten to death but 
um, just to to go all off season, basically saying, you know, this this franchise belongs to me. Essentially, like you guys need to see that, um, and then to come out, you know, after spending most of the summer away from the team, um, you know, comes out in the Fox pregame show saying, you know, I have nothing to prove. You know, very lackadaisical kind of in his approach, and then. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but then when you go out and you you lose very badly to the Saints in a year where you're coming off two straight NFC Championship appearances, I mean, this is not a great look. I mean, there's no way to slice it. And so fully expect Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to look better against the Lions. Now, if they look very sluggish in that game, if they somehow were to lose that game, then I think you've got a real conversation about, my goodness, what happened to the real Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no question. I mean, you get, you got to get right against the Detroit Lions. If you don't get right against the Lions, I, I don't think you're getting right at all. Cody, uh, appreciate your, your time this morning. Enjoy your weekend, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. Yes, you are welcome. My presence is a present, as Kanye West once said. It is The Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio, uh, you know, the fall, man, September's flying by, ain't it? September 18th, I looked at the calendar just now, word, already? September's gone? What did I say, wake me up when September ends? Is that Green Day? I, I don't, I, I like September, it's my favorite month, and it just like was here today, gone tomorrow. Whew, flew by, because the weather, weather be good in September, right? And then it starts to get cold, at least here on the East Coast, but September is that football weather, and we've been talking football on the show there's just something about i don't know what the exact temperature of football weather is i'm gonna say like 73 degrees you know when you go from summer to 73 degrees you're in in football weather let's go to tyler in dallas tyler you're up on the robin lundberg show here on cbs sports radio what's going on hey there robin hey thanks for taking my call man long time dallas cowboys fan but a realistic one um, so man, looking at this season and looking at week one, um, you can't argue that the Cowboys have one of the best receiving cores with Michael Gallup, CD lamb and Amari Cooper. Um, and week one, we barely had any injuries. We had Zach Martin out playing against the bucks and we, we held our own. We did pretty well. Um, but at what point do we stop blaming the injuries and start owning up to the fact that we are a mediocre team, even with our full staff, like, now we've got Lyle Collins out. We've got uh, Michael Gallup out. We've got Randy Gregory with a broken foot. And then there's one more that I'm missing, man. But we're we're racked with injuries week two. When do we stop blaming that and we just own up to the fact that we're mediocre and go team tank and start rebuilding, man? Well, I mean, they're too good to tank. So you can't do that. Uh, I, I understand where your thought process is, and the, the receiving core is, is absolutely one of the best, no question. you got one of the best quarterbacks. So, yeah, I mean, it's too early in the season to be to be throwing in the white flag, especially in the division that they're in. But I, I did bring this up last week, and, and I felt like a lot of Cowboys fans didn't really uh, receive this very well. But the point I, I, I tried to raise last week was the Cowboys won, like, every sort of category that is typically deemed significant in that game against Tampa yards turnovers penalties you know all that stuff all the ones that you say you win these categories you win the game and they still lost the game so I didn't quite take it as as much of a um 
you know, moral victory, as as many did. Moral victories are for minor league coaches, I suppose. And exactly. Uh, so I, 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 you know, that's. I, I, but I'm not quite to your level where I'm saying you know tank the season and rebuild. I, I just well, I'm, think... not, I'm not saying that we need to tank it right now. It's just where, like, what week, like, what game are we going to be able to point to whenever we're, you know, we're typically eight and eight. When do we stop just letting mediocre be okay and say, okay, we've been doing this year after year after year. And, like, what's your opinion on whether or not it's because of the front office? Like, Jerry Jones hired Aaron Rodgers leftovers after one interview. We just got Mike McCarthy. And he is not doing the team any service. You want to know a secret? You want me to tell you a secret? Yeah, go ahead. It's always because of the front office. (laughs) any any situation any of these teams whether they're good or bad it's always the front office I mean the only thing that could save it in a front office is a transcendent player Uh, you know like see LeBron James in Cleveland right and that's not uh, you know football's not quite the same I mean the, the biggest saving grace the Cowboys have is Dak Prescott and I appreciate the call but it's hard to find a quarterback Teams teams search for a quarterback for however long, and, and the Cowboys have a bona fide star quarterback, and he's too good for them to be bad. He's too good for them to be bad. But beyond that, yeah, I mean, of course it's the front office. That That's always what it is. Uh, that, you know, for you, you find any cons- – I mean, front office or ownership, but oh, those two things go hand in hand, right? Like the owner picks the front office. And in Dallas's case, the owner is the front office. So, yeah, uh, that's who should be getting. If you know things don't go well in Dallas, you know I, I know he's like sort of affable and always out there. But Jerry Jones. Sometimes I don't think Jerry Jones minds even being criticized as long as he's being talked about. <laughs> you know <laughs> that's the, the just the vibe I get. How about Freddie in Miami? Freddie, you're up next here on the Robin Ludberg Show. What's going on? Hey, good morning. How you doing? First time I'm call. doing well. How are I'm you? Pretty good. Listen, Chicago Bears, diehard fan. Mm-hmm. Two things. Matt Nagy, please get rid of your Sesame Street offensive playbook. And please start my man Fields. Because the only thing exciting that day is when he came out. Everything else was flat and dead. My man can't even throw 10 yards. Please start Fields. Have a good day. Well, I'm, I'm with you. There, there just seems to be no reason that Justin Fields is not starting. Uh, you know, Justin Fields should be out there. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton almost gets over criticized, and he he's getting like his career rewritten a little bit, which isn't exactly fair because Andy Dalton has not been a bad player in his career. I mean, he had a nice run for the Bengals. I would never call him great, but he he was a good, solid quarterback. Um, for a number of years, but his time is not now. His time is not now, and he is is not uh what I would call, you know, a good quarterback. He's he's a you know in the position in his career where he really should be a high level backup, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But I I just given the current state of affairs in Chicago, I I just see no reason. For him to be playing over Justin Fields. In San Francisco is the one place you can sell me on Garoppolo playing because Garoppolo's still, you know, injuries aside in the prime of his career. And the 49ers are a ready-made team. 
I mean, the 49ers are only, you know, one Super Bowl removed from being in the Super Bowl. And they have a, a good roster. So if you want to say that, you know, they're ready to win, they're ready to compete right now, they're, they, they drafted a guy who needs more reps, and they, they want him to, to, to learn as they go, uh, and they want to maximize what they've got in the moment, that, that at least makes sense. Of all the you know the quarterback situations, that's the only one that makes sense. Because otherwise, there's no reason Justin Fields shouldn't be doing what Zach Wilson is doing, or Trevor Lawrence is doing, or Mac Jones is doing, and, and learning out there on the fly. Because the Patriots, no disrespect to Cam, but he's finished, and there was no reason for them not to go to Mac Jones. The Jaguars were always going to go to Trevor Lawrence, even if they pretended there was a, a QB battle with, with Gardner Minshew. Um, and Zach Wilson never even had a quarterback battle, you know, and, and I thought he looked pretty good in week one, by the way. Um, the, the, the Jets are not good, but Zach Wilson has clear talent. He, he can move, and most importantly, he's got, like, a crazy arm. So those guys are out there playing. Other than San Francisco, that's the only situation that's different than the others. And I still probably would put Trey Lance out there sooner rather than later if it were up to me, but I get that. Like, that, that at least, you can sell me that. All right, cool. I, I get your thinking. I understand your thought process in that decision the Bears why I don't understand the thought process no, no one thought the Bears were competing this year no one was circling you know the Bears or penciling them in as contenders um so why is Justin Fields not doing what Zach Wilson Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones are I mean Trey Lance is also different in his circumstances he didn't play because of a COVID year he played at you know a small school didn't you know play the same level of competition he he was drafted more on his you know his ability and his potential than his, you know what we knew being a known commodity Justin Fields played at Ohio State I mean as big a stage as you can get at the college level and goes into a Chicago team that quite frankly the only thing Bears fans have to be excited about is Justin Fields. <laughs> and he, he's sitting over on the sideline. I don't get it. I, I don't get the logic behind that. I mean, the, the only logic I could see would be that uh, the coach doesn't believe in the quarterback, the young quarterback, and is trying to save his own job, and therefore he thinks the best way to save his own job is to go to with the veteran. Um, but... For the, the health of that organization and the future of that organization, I just see no reason for, for Justin Fields to be sitting down right now. I, he should have started week one, um, and, and every week he doesn't start is a wasted opportunity, at least the way I look at it. Now, I told you I looked at the schedule for this week. There's one game that was sort of interesting to me just on the surface of how big it, it could be, and that's the Bills and the Dolphins. The Bills are at the Dolphins, and... You know, that's a huge game for Buffalo because they're, you know, had a good, great year last year and basically penciled in by everybody to win that division. They start 0-2 and let Miami start 2-0. You have to start rethinking things a little bit. I know it's still early in the season. Two weeks do not make a season. But, you know, a, a two-game gap after two weeks, you know, against a, a Brian Flores coach team is proving it, or is beginning to prove himself. Let's put it that way: as one of the better coaches in the league. Uh, the the Bills are another team. It's different than the Packers because of the Aaron Rodgers situation, and that's a whole different variable. But the Bills are another team where you'll start to, to 
to get a sense of panic if they lose this week to Miami in Miami. So when I was just taking a glance at some of the games for this week, that was the one that stood out to me because that was the one that I I think could have the most uh, negative ramifications when it comes to a win or a loss. Buffalo's got to win that game. they got to win that game. Will they win that game? And what are the picks for week two in the NFL? Uh, I will give you my NFL picks of the week coming up next. I think it has a solid week one. You were four and three last week. And, and you know, and, you, and, but, and, and you had some close calls, like San I'm Francisco. I'm furious at the 49ers. Yeah, yes. the, 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 the line was eight and a half. They, they won by eight. And they were up by way more than eight and a half, like the entire game. And then they blew, they blew the The Jets game was very close. You were close to that one as well. You just missed. Yeah. But, the, the, you know, sometimes you're going to be close and miss. The 49ers one, they, they blew it for me. Or I would have been five and two after week one. Nevertheless, I'll take four and three. I, as long as it's 500, that's, that's my goal for these picks. I'll give you my picks for week two coming up next. It's the Robin Lundberg Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.